following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. I would like to start today's show by giving a shout out to Jamie Spikes. Uh, sh- we met a few years ago after I gave her a shout out on her birthday on the K-Man Morning Show. And since then, she once a month will bring us treats or bring me treats. And it's up to me if I who I and uh, who I get to share with, at least most of the time. It's right. It's up to me. And she's one of the sweetest people ever. Two time cancer survivor. One of the best people in the world. Well, today she came by and delivered some cookies. They were oatmeal cookies with chocolate chips, little mini M&Ms, and it's also like two, like, or like, it depends on the cookie, but like eyeballs, and they're called monster cookies. Yes. Did you grab one? I have not yet, but I know what the cookie Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I, I bit into one. I was like, oh, my God, this might be the best cookie I've ever had. <laughs> I'm a big cookie guy. So um, everybody should be jealous of me. Right now, mm-hmm. because I don't know who else is getting those kind of cookies, but I know I got some, and I might not share now. So if you didn't grab a cookie by now, I don't know if you're going to get one. I'm, I might keep them all to myself. Travion, sorry, buddy. I don't think I can share. Go figure that you might keep. No, anyway, I'm kidding. Yeah, you know me. Yeah, mm-hmm, I do. Since I was four, I don't share. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner with... Trey Coverdale, no DG. He's out today. We oh, have Trey on Berkeley. What's going there's on? There's snow on Berthoud Pass in Colorado. Imagine that. Tis the season. Yes, it is. Exactly. That's, that's, around, that's, why, that's why I was chuckling. I'm like, yeah, uh, go figure. It's October, guys. Come also, on. I find it funny. Every time I come here, it's like, I think Brandon picks the Weather Channel to watch every morning. He does. Why the Weather Channel? Because it's the weather. There's only Beyond so- that. <laughs> Beyond that, uh, it, it, he's, he's either got that or the Today Show. Those are the two things. Well, the thing is, though, like you're on air. You can't really turn up the sound and watch TV. You're just kind of glimpsing over to check out what's going on. True. I think it's more entertainment. Big reason why I have a TV in here is because of weather. When severe weather is happening, it Correct. helps us keep up with what's going on. But like during the show here... Maybe for you two bozos in your entertainment, you can watch something while the TV's behind me and I'm looking at you guys. But the Weather Channel for three hours? <laughs> Nobody watches the Weather Channel for three hours. Okay, similarly, I have CNN on in the mornings in the in the yeah, but control it, room. Okay, but you know, but it, again, I'm not watching it. Yeah, I'm not watching it for three hours per se. You're also going to get a wide range, most likely, of stories. You I'm can, keeping an eye on it with the volume down in case something like, oh, say, the Queen dying comes up. Well, that's around the clock coverage, right? Well, but that morning that it, that she came down with. Feeling ill, unless you're uh, unless you're BBC America, right? Then there's no way you're going to interrupt that that marathon of kitchen nightmares. Did they ever interrupt any of that? No, they never. They never interrupted really marathon coverage of whatever they had on. Wow. Yep. I don't think. Yeah. Given the ten days of mourning, I would have thought they had, but okay. Did I welcome us to the show yet? Are we? Or did we Not, open up? The yeah, thing? kind of. Okay. Uh, coming up at 510, uh, I recorded it before the show, a lengthy conversation about the Oklahoma State Cowboys with sideline reporter for the Pokes. That's Robert Allen. He's always a great, great interview. He does such a good job of covering the Oklahoma State Cowboys with PokesReport.com. He, he, phenomenal article writer, and we're going to hear from him 
uh, coming up at 510. Meet the Wildcats with Eli Huggins at the end of this hour. Travion, are we ready to go with our first guest? All right, he's standing by. Patiently. Uh, shame on me. Okay, so let's let's open this up here. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight. Honestly, I forgot to look up where it's at. I believe it's in <laughs> Virginia. But uh, big, a lot of big matches. It's just going to be two action-packed, nonstop hours of great wrestling on TBS tonight, 7 to 9. But we're also joined by Derek Young from KCNLine. DY, thanks for joining us. What is your least favorite Halloween candy. What do you not want going in that bucket when you trick-or-treat? Good question. I would probably answer anything remotely containing peanut, unfortunately, because of my yeah. allergy. Oh. Se- is that a pretty severe allergy for you? Yes. I think it's pretty severe for anyone that has that allergy, actually. Hmm. Have you ever had a serious like medical situation with peanuts uh when i discovered that i was allergic to it that first time <laughs> oh well yeah the first time yeah it might be a little bit eye-opening i, I would imagine well how old were you uh man i don't know i i think i was like in first grade or something along those lines when i had my first reaction so maybe i didn't have it as a toddler i don't know couldn't tell you but as long as i can remember i'm not able to consume peanut do you carry an EpiPen with you at all times? I certainly should, but <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I did. I don't recall ever having a meal at Veneer on Tuesdays for lunch that had any sort of peanuts in it. So No, I think no. And, and I'm pretty good at at this point of sniffing that stuff out and, and knowing when to ask because uh, especially with like a new restaurant that I'm Mm. Perhaps not familiar with. I, I I have to ask every now and then. See, I don't know if I, I – I know I'm asking a bunch of questions about this, but the reason is I don't think I've ever known anybody that has actually had a peanut allergy. I've seen it portrayed in movies, of course, of, you know, what was the movie Horrible Bosses? When Kevin Spacey is – they have to, he has to stab the EpiPen in his leg or whatever. But, I, yeah, I've heard it's pretty common. I just didn't know. I think the only allergy that is more common than peanut is lactose. Yeah. And I, I'm both, to be honest. Oh, my so. God. D.Y., you're falling apart. Well, uh, so much for the peanut butter parfait. Um, I was just saying, yeah. you, you miss out on a <laughs> I, lot I, of great and, treats. And the lactose intolerance didn't Oof. really build up until after college, to believe it or not. So, Ooh. Yeah, that is one of those things, right, that can just kind of come out of nowhere. Well, isn't that kind of allergies in, allergies in general? You don't have to be born with it. Troy, what are you allergic to? Um. Uh, Right now, apparently, it's something in the air that keeps blowing around, but that's another matter altogether. This guy, too. I'm also allergic to penicillin. Not me. I'm lucky in that aspect. Travion, put the cellular phone down (laughs) and pay attention here. What are you allergic to? A haircut. I'm not allergic to anything, I don't think. (laughs) That is true. I haven't had a haircut since junior year of high school. Oh, are you serious? Uh Oh, wow. I would actually imagine your hair to be longer if it's been that long. There's a lot of shrinkage going on. If I pulled it oh, out. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. All right, D.Y., let's start talking about the cats here. Will Howard, how much did he impress you with his four consecutive touchdown drives? Well, very much so, right? Last time we saw Will Howard, it was far from that impressive. Um, no offense to him, but he left a lot to be desired when he played 
um, in games last year and, and in the year before, even though he did start out with a win at TCU, I believe, in, in 2020. But, um, no, that was remarkable, quite honestly. Uh, nothing that any of us would have anticipated if you had told us that he was going to have to go in, not that he would score on four his first four drives of the season. So good on him. I'll be interested to see if there's any carryover, assuming if he's the quarterback or not on Saturday. It's uh, it's one thing to kind of, you know, a little bit of a surprise attack when a team hasn't prepared for you. And in the case of TCU, a coaching staff that's never seen you play. It's probably the only coaching staff in the Big 12 that has never seen you play in person just because Sonny Dykes is new to the conference. Um, the same thing happened with Jason Bean when he was inserted for Kansas. Um, against TCU they've they've kind of had that luck where they faced a lot of backup quarterbacks this year and some of them have had a great amount of success whether it be Bean or Will Howard so I'll be interested to see some carryover because as we saw in the second half when they forced him into some of his uh, you know next reads he was wasn't as efficient though he wasn't unimpressive I wouldn't say in the second half after he fell victim to an injury I mean he still had two other scoring drives that would have netted points had Chris Tennant just made the field goals. Speaking with Derek Young from KC on the line at Derek Young KSO. I totally butchered that last week, by the way, your Twitter oh, handle, but uh, I redeem myself here. No, it's my fault. It's, it's my mm-hmm. fault. I, I knew it was different. I just completely yeah. blanked on it. I honestly couldn't tell you what it is. I just, <laughs> I haven't touched it since the night that I that I switched to on three. So it's yeah. I don't. Is it Derek Young KSL? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. I'm still trying to change mine, but some bozo in Texas has at Mitch Fortner, and he tweets <laughs> twice every seventeen months. I, I remember uh, trying. I was looking up because I, you know, we made the switch that night and wasn't going to be with rivals anymore. I was hoping to just find Dy, but not available. As I say, there's probably no. Is there a, a a limit on how short or long a Twitter handle can be? Do we know I, that? I don't. I don't think so. At least not short. There is some short ones that, and I was search searching and hoping to grab Dy, but whoever has that, maybe I'd give you five dollars if you're listening. Well, listen, do. Some, oh, I'm sorry. Do some work. Uh, Elon Musk is about to take over the platform, and maybe you can uh, finagle a way to do it. Yeah, we'll see. Like he needs the money. Up. They get rid of the bots. We'll probably all lose some followers too. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll lose about two hundred, I think. Um, so, Dy, the you mentioned what well, you talked about, Will Howard. Now we just need to see the consistency. After you looked very impressive there for a while, he gets banged up in the second half, but he's going to be good to go if need be against Oklahoma State. Which, by the way, seems like over the last eleven years, that's all Gundy has faced when it comes to K State. The backup quarterback who wasn't initially slated as a starter or a backup at some point comes into the game. It's crazy how often that has happened in the last 10 or 11 years. But where we currently sit with all the injuries that added up on Saturday, I kind of ask you two questions in one. Just how concerning is it overall moving into the Oklahoma State game? And who do you is the most concerning if the K-State doesn't have on Saturday against Oklahoma State? Yeah, I, th- I actually think they're in a better spot, and we'll see if how healthy healthy is. But I actually think they might be in a better spot than any of us were anticipating. Um, I don't think we're going to see Daniel Green, and everyone else is questionable or maybe even better than questionable that was um, has their status in question that that maybe had left the game at one point or another on Saturday against TCU in Fort Worth. And to be honest. 
Look, Adrian Martinez, losing him is it's pretty monumental, right? That's the quarterback position, the most important spot on the field, and he had been doing great for Kansas State. Um, but if his mobility is a little, you know, put in check due to, you know, whatever physical limitation he might have, then maybe he's not as effective. I, I still think that the one injury limitation for Kansas State that that'll hinder them moving forward as long as they are without him as Daniel Green. I, I think he's the most difficult guy for them to replace. Speaking with Derek Young from K-State Online, how serious is the kicking situation right now? By the way, um, you were right, AEW. I was just looking it up for you. Um, just did you a solid. It is Norfolk, Virginia tonight. Oh, there we go. Uh, that's where um, DX tried to invade WCW at that. Uh, I think it's at that very arena they're at tonight. There you go. Uh, kicking situation. It's problematic. That's a that's a lot of missed field goals if you count in the extra points. And maybe the game looks a little bit different if you succeed and knock those two through that you missed on Saturday. And if Will Howard doesn't get injured, you know, on that third down, you probably go for it on fourth down anyway. So, um, and some of that is just not having confidence in your kicker. Um, the fact that Chris Kleiman exercised a lot of patience, and I mean a lot of patience with Chris Tennant, and still has to perhaps seek another option, tells you everything that you need to know. It's a, it's a troubling situation because it's harder to score. I'm not, this isn't rocket science. I'm not breaking any news. But when the only time that you can really count on a score is when you put it in the end zone and, and you can't necessarily score when you're on the 20, the 30-yard line, that's an issue. And especially when you're an offense that's also been predicated mostly on explosives anyway. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a difficult situation, one that's not that is perhaps a little bit troubling right now for Kansas State. I'll be interested to see if they do use someone other than Chris Tennant and who that is. The two options that Chris Kleiman mentioned were, of course, the punter, Ty Zentner, who did kick and punt at, at Butler Community College before he got to Kansas State. And then I believe a true freshman from, yes. say, Rosemount, Minnesota. Correct. Leighton Simmering. Who wears number 96. That might be the highest number that I can recall in K-State kicking history. What's his size? Because I'm always curious about the Kansas State kicker's size now. Not that it means anything, but they went from the perhaps the smallest kicker in Kansas State history in Blake Lynch <laughs> yeah. to perhaps the biggest kicker in Kansas State history and Chris Tennant. I'm not kidding. Chris Tennant is, what, 6'5", 230? I'm not sure how tall he is, to be honest with you. you know, <laughs> to be honest with you, other than Blake Lynch, I've never really paid attention to a kicker's size. I just need to know if he has a good leg. I, 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 yeah, I watched Chris Tennant in high school when he was at Mill Valley, which obviously Mill Valley is a powerhouse 5A program that has a chance to, I believe, win their third, would be their third straight state championship this year, third or fourth. But that's where Chris Tennant is from, and he was enormous in high school. 6'5", six, five. Six, five, 220. That's what the listing is for a Tennant on the yeah, roster. I mean, I mean, he's basically almost a defensive end. Good grief. Well, let me, well give me a second here. I'm going to look up... Uh... Leighton Simmering uh, to see where his measurements are. I'm guessing he'll fall somewhere in between. It's hard not to be in between those two. Uh, He has the measurements of a soccer player, six foot 158. Yeah. Okay. That's very light. Yes. That's a, that's rather light for wearing a number 96 too. Yeah. That that thing may look like a balloon. Jeez. Blake Lynch was short, real short, obviously. (laughs) And I think he came close to 158. 
And good thing Leighton Simmering wasn't kicking in TCU. That win would have oh, taken him away. Hey. <laughs> uh, all right. I suppose that's uh, – by the way, just one more point on kicking. Man, that Chris Tennant kid, an interesting and kind of a weird case. Last year, he, he, he couldn't make the short ones. And now he can't make the long ones, but he's making the short ones for K-State this year. Anyway, let's talk hoops, D.Y., when we come back. You're listening to The Game. It's The Game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Travion Berkland. The KB Awards on Monday. The guy kept calling Troy Coverdale. Um, I, I about got up and said, whoa, sir, uh, you mispronounced. It's Coverdale. You know, that that I can live with that one. Who decided, who in your family decided to I have, change up the pronunciation? I have no idea. Because you, you, didn't you tell me one time that you are related to David Coverdale? Oh, yeah. For those that don't know, lead singer White Snake. Oh, yeah. It's distant. And... Uh, when you go back, it, we're we're part of a family that includes Miles Coverdale, who is one of the first to put together a English version of the Bible. Man, okay. And so, yeah, it's it's a ways. Probably there, took but, a couple of years. So, yes, the the Coverdale is an Americanized version of the name. When that changed, I have no idea. What year would it have been? What's that? First that, English Bible. Oh, you're talking the uh, 1500s. Man, good for you for knowing that far back in your family tree. <laughs> I just know my cousin that was a prince and was shipped off to Canada because he was kind of a dirtbag. Uh, my Uncle Roger and his wife Bonnie and some of their family actually visited what amounts to the family church about five years ago. We're back with Derek Young from KCNL Line. D.Y., do you know anything about your family tree? Absolutely not. Do you even know where you come from? Where your ancestors come from? I think Germany, but I, I did like a family tree for some project in school, I remember. And I think I only got back like four generations. So my dad's like real dad, like real father. His name was like James Bond. And people were like, and I, have, I have the weirdest family tree history on my dad's side, but like I remember doing a project, like nobody believed me. Everybody thought I was making it up. I was like, no, it's true, I swear. No, nobody cared. Nobody, nobody my believed mom's, me. My mom's maiden name is Mossberger, and that gives off a very heavy German vibe to me. We got some Mossbergs around here, but not Mossberger. Uh, sounds disgusting. Um, let's see. What else was I going to ask? Oh, I was also going to mention, uh, I know in the last segment I said, don't eat my cookies, please do. Uh, because when I went during the break to get my phone charger, I ate another one. Uh huh. Um, so cut me off, please. Travion, go, we got time. You don't have to take a break here. Go get some cookies and my, on my desk. Uh, DY. Okay. So I saw this article. I didn't open it up. So I want to leave it for discussion. Plus it's also like exclusive content. Don't want to get it all out there. Uh, but it was the fact or fiction, could Coach Tang win Big 12 Coach of the Year? And I thought, you know what, let's have let's have that brief conversation right here, right now. Because I thought to myself, you know what, I think I lean fact. Because, you know, it's just kind of a, you know, you're starting from the bottom. Well, at least, you know, the program is starting from the bottom of the Big 12. This coaching staff on paper has put together a pretty 
pretty strong roster for filling 11 spots in five months. Uh, you know what? It's just kind of a, you know, if you get to fourth place in the Big 12, you could easily get Big 12 Coach of the Year after the last season with Bruce Weber. What do you think? Yeah, my answer was fact, actually. Nice. And some of that is just because of what you said. They have a lot more overhead, right? They have the the upper hand. They were picked to finish last in the Big 12, and as we've seen these things go, um, for the most part, year in and year out, that award typically goes to the coach that we that the media or the coach whoever makes whoever votes. I don't think it's me. Um, whoever they think overachieved the most. That's what coach of the year has kind of become. And because they're picked to finish last in the Big Twelve by the coaches when that pool came out, um, they have the greatest ability to overachieve. And especially because I think, like you said, if you look at that roster, it's definitely one with the potential to make the NCAA tournament. And if you make the NCAA tournament after being projected to finish last in your conference, you're going to have the upper hand and probably have the coach of the year award. It'll be yours to lose um, when that situation presents itself. So that's why I said fact, because I do think they're going to contend for an NCAA tournament bid. And yeah, I, I think that's uh, my answer. Well, remind me, I know we've probably had this conversation before, but before Keontae Johnson was added, did you think to yourself, yeah, this is a roster that can make the NCAA tournament? <sighs> Defensively, they, they could. You really have had to have some offensive concerns, I think. Also, they do need Keontae to really, and I know he prides himself on the defensive end as well, but they needed some offensive punch um, for it not to be just Marquise Noel. And to be honest, the guy that arrived late will have to probably be very integral on that end of the floor too, and that's Desi Sills. Because I'm not concerned about this team when they're defending. I think they're going to hang their hat on that end of the floor. The coaches have um, stressed that repeatedly, and they have a roster that is very conducive to the defensive side of the floor too, especially with their length and athleticism and just being able to switch so much. They have so many guys they can guard at least three positions on the floor that should be their calling card um if they are able to score enough they're going to be a very tough out but that's going to be very dependent upon what marquise noel can do on an end of the floor what keontae johnson can do at that end of the floor and what desi sills can do at that end of the floor you mentioned desi sills that actually puts another interesting thought in my mind because he arrives late you know finishing up when he needed to over at arkansas state um, and now, and now he gets here. Uh, he misses the off season. He gets here when practice is already underway. Right. I mean, how long do you think it will take him to like fully get into a spot where then he is a game by game contributor, or a serious, a serious contributor? Or do you? I mean, do you kind of have the idea he might be able to do that right away? I mean, my impression because of his arrival and when it occurred and and how much he had missed was that this was someone that was going to be a slow burn a little bit in terms of being integrated into everything and understanding everything to be able to hit their top level, right? Um, I was thinking conference play late December, early January. That's what made sense to me based on what everything he had already missed. But when you talk to these guys and every single moment that has been available since he arrived, whether that be at media day in Kansas city or otherwise, you really get an impression that he might be able to strike a little bit sooner than that. But 
you know, it's 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 anyone's guess. I thought I I was pretty confident in that it would take a a decent amount of time, but they seem to be, you know, cautiously optimistic that it could be sooner than that. Well, I'm very looking forward to next week's conversation because we'll have our first um, first look at the team with that exhibition against Washburn on Tuesday, seven o'clock, with pregame starting at six here on K Man. D.Y. to wrap up, anything we should know about recruiting this weekend? Do you have uh, you know any idea or any names you could throw out there that might be visiting on Saturday? I, I think they'll have two official visitors. Maybe there's will be a surprise or two in there that isn't scheduled yet that decides late that they want to be in Manhattan for what should be a pretty good football game, in my opinion. But the two that we know will be there is a, a Lakeland offensive tackle, Devin Bass. Um, he has SEC schools after him, six foot seven guy. Kansas State offer not long ago. I think they'll have a chance to really secure his services. I really like where they're positioned for him. And the other being Colorado receiver commit, Wesley Watson. They also offered him not long ago. He's committed to Colorado, but decided to open up his process a little bit and peek at other schools once they fired their head coach, Carl Durrell. But Oklahoma State decided to offer not long ago, right after Kansas State, too, and he might be in Stillwater the following weekend. So um, these teams are colliding on the football field on Saturday, but they're colliding for a couple receivers right now, too, as, as they're also fighting over Trey Spivey, a near four-star wideout from Arizona. His his mother actually attended Oklahoma State, and some people remember the name Spivey. His dad is former baseball player. That's why he's in Arizona, the former Arizona Diamondback infielder Junior Spivey, who's a, a native of Oklahoma City, so Oklahoma State, quite a threat for him. D.Y., as always, awesome stuff. Really appreciate your time. We'll talk to you on PowerCat Game Day at 1030 on Saturday morning. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Derek Young from KCN Online. Follow him on Twitter at Derek Young KSO for exclusive premium content on what's happening with the K State Wildcats football, basketball. And we'll take a break. When we come back, um, we talked about in the first segment with DY. I want to touch again on the kicking situation right now with the Wildcats. Up next. Weather looking good for Saturday. High of 63, sunny, calm wind. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be beautiful. I called it a Chamber of Commerce Day this morning. Because of the 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 bank and the uh, time and temp? or if the, the time and temp that it's going to be a beautiful day. The type of day if you're someone working over at the CVB, you love having people in town because it's going to be outstanding. It'll be cool in the morning. But I mean, around kickoff, it's going to be great. It, it's late October. This is what it's supposed to be. We will take it. 537-1350 is our number. Coming up in hour two at 510, Oklahoma State sideline reporter Robert Allen. Always a fantastic interview. He's going to help us preview the Oklahoma State Cowboys, the ninth-ranked team in the country who visit Manhattan Saturday for a 2.30 kick. Rock and roll icon Jerry Lee Lewis has apparently passed away at the age of 87. Oh, wow. Today. That is some breaking news. That, yes. Travion? He was one of the last ones standing still. Exactly. Wow. Wow. Unfortunately, yeah. one of his tunes will not be number one song of the day. It's a bit different uh, from what I had scheduled. But Troy's going to host that anyway. Um, dang, that's that's shocking. 
just had kind some. took the wind out of the sails. I'm just thinking ahead or thinking back here. Didn't he? I think he recently had a birthday. So the not killer. all that long ago. What'd you say, Travion? The killer. That's his mm-hmm. name. Let's see here. Born September 29th. He yep. was 87. Louisiana guy. Louisiana guy. Elvis Presley's cousin. For those that don't know Jerry Lee Lewis, goodness gracious, great balls mm-hmm. of fire. Whole lot of shaking going on. Mm-hmm. Trying, to, trying to remember who played him in the biopic. Oh, it's I've never seen it. It's really good. Uh, Winona Ryder's in it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Played, played his to-be wife. Wow. All right. Well, dang it. Let's try to find that wind again here. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> well, I just, no, I appreciate you breaking the news. I just, I'm sure those want to know. You broke it before CBS at the top. Well, we won't have CBS at the top of the hour, but also true. Uh, what else can I break? Uh, the McRib is back. <laughs> I don't think that has quite the uh, the sting that that you're so, breaking news. Someone, had, someone was sharing the video and they were complaining about essentially how how McRibs are made, and it's like. You do understand that this is pretty generic. It is McDonald's. This is what all it is is that you're putting the pork on the grill like you would a normal burger. Okay. It's like, what? Did you think they were out back with the smoker? I've never had a McRib. I have, but it has been years. And I don't know that I need to ever again. I mean, you know, I'm always down for trying everything once, and some people love it. I mean, are just in love with McRib. And some are like, that's eh, not that great. It reminds me of like rib sandwiches at school. Like it's like the same thing. Well, it is. Yeah. Just the difference in sauce and who's paying for it. I'm also not a McDonald's guy, really. Although their breakfast is all right. I can do some mm-hmm. McDonald's McBreakfast. McBreakfast. You hear me? <laughs> Look at me. After two years of working there, I'm sick of it. <laughs> Ooh, what's a big oh, secret? Yeah. What's a big McDonald's secret? I don't really know. Like, I couldn't tell you. Other than, like, we can take toys for free. (laughs) I remember when I was five or six, there were some Power Ranger toys at McDonald's. Like, it was the individual Power Ranger with its vehicle. And you could get all six. And my babysitter at the time went to McDonald's and bought a ton of Happy Meals, so... They could get all six. I was like, man, that's one of the nicest, till to this day, one of the nicest things somebody's ever done for me. All right, let's talk K-State kicking. Um, I I am a tad bit concerned of where things are right now. Chris Tennant missing a 44-yarder and a 40-yard field goal against TCU on Saturday. Uh, It's because, and my concern is, he goes from missing the short ones last year to missing the long ones this year. Those two field goals, though, were kind of in a clutch situation where K-State – all its momentum really in the third quarter and the fourth quarters where we can get you far enough for field goals. And he didn't come through. I understand it was windy, but you know, that's just kind of one of those things that kicker, kickers have to deal with. Sure probably learned a little bit before playing collegially about how to uh, you know, kick in wins. And I know it's tough, but uh it's now where we're at the conversation is okay, how long of a leash does Chris Tennant have? There's multiple options here. He's 5 for 8 this year at 62.5%. He has also missed two extra points at home. Is there enough of a leash where Coach Kleiman says, we'll give you one if you miss it, we got to go somebody else? Mm. Or do you right away go with 
Ty Zintner. I think Leighton Simmerling is kind of a, the emergency option. I mean, he's a true freshman when he kicked in high school. Now, he was rated the 23rd best kicker in the class of 2022. Give him that. He was 19 for 25 on field goals in high school, a 11 of 120 on extra points. He also was a two-time letter winner in college. Where's number 96? Very high number for a kicker, <laughs> if you ask me. Um, but Ty Zintner, when he was at Butler, would do the trifecta. He would kick off, he would punt, and kick field goals and extra points. Trivia question for everybody and for those listening. Ty Zintner has attempted one field goal in his K-State career. When did that happen? Last year? After Tennant had struggled. You're, well, you're correct. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't because Tennant struggled. It was because Tennant wasn't available. Am I, are you, are you, you got it now? No. The Texas Bowl. The game where you're at. Oh. Tennant wasn't available, so Ty Zinner took care of the kicking. That's right. And he was 6 for 6 yeah. on his extra points, but it was right before the half that he missed a 54-yarder. Yeah. So 0 for 1 in his career. And Coach mentioned during the press conference yesterday that, you know, we might give Ty Zentner an extra point or something just to kind of get him warmed up. And But, you know, like benching a kicker, it's not always worst-case scenario. I go back to the Auburn game in 2014. I think we can all re- recall, especially if you were there, Jack Cantelli missing three field goals. Well, what happened after that, and I and, – and, what happened after that was Matthew McCrane basically took over for the rest of the year as a redshirt freshman in K-12. But this also comes after Jack Cantelli was 11 for 13, and then all of a sudden he's really struggling and struggling bad when you need him the most, and he pretty much got benched. You know, it was kind of like you know, sending a pitcher back to the minors. Because we knew Jack Cantelli was going to come back sooner or later. What he ended up doing and what the coaching staff ended up doing was basically he came back in a consistent role in 2015. And he was, wasn't bad, 12 for 14. Mm-hmm. That year he kicked a game-winning field goal against Iowa State from 42 yards. But what was the story about Matthew McCrane? Well, he gets that experience very early as a redshirt freshman. And he turns into like the most accurate kicker in K State mm-hmm. history. That is an example of turning a bad situation. Somebody who does not have any momentum is super down, probably on himself after kicking field goals. Benched. Somebody else comes in. The guy that gets benched comes back and does well. It turned into a win win scenario. I continue to be struck by the fact that through the course of this, Chris Kleiman has talked about how it's putting. Essentially, kicking is like putting for golfers. And it's a very valid point. I don't disagree with him on that whatsoever. It's a very specialized portion of the game. And there are people that are going to fight putting off and on. And there are those who are going to struggle with putting their entire careers. Right now... It's a t- it's a tough stretch for Chris Tennant. Where my concern currently lies is behind Chris Tennant, you have somebody who is great kicking off and is fantastic in punting. 
feel like you can ask Ty Zittner to place the ball wherever you want it, and he can do so. But his field goal kick, field goal kicking is a different animal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot more pressure when kicking field goals. I'm not talking extra points. I'm just talking kicking field goals. And think about the magnitude of this game on Saturday against Oklahoma State, where basically you're you're trying to it's going to be a dogfight to stay in second place in the Big Twelve standings. Both teams with banged up guys. Where field goal kicking yeah. is going to be yeah. is premium. Yeah. It's huge. It's going. There won't be a kick in that game. I'm sure that isn't gigantic or pivotal in some way. And then behind Ty Zittner is a true freshman. And then you're now you're throwing a true freshman into a very uh, nerve wracking situation. So that's my concern. It's not like I'm not a believer in Ty Zittner. Just hasn't taken a big kick in his life uh, outside of you know outside of K State at Butler, sure, right. But this is of course a lot different than Butler, and he wasn't the most accurate kicker at Butler. Especially when you step back and you look at it beyond just what this game means in a lot of ways. This this is national prominence game, a two thirty kickoff, mm-hmm. a game between top twenty five teams could. Go a long ways to determining a team in December for the championship. I think it's gigantic. It's huge. For that. Absolutely huge. All right, when we come back, we're going to finish off the hour with a little Meet the Wildcats with Eli Huggins next. Well, unfortunately, we have more music breaking news. It's, of course, not as sad as Jerry Lee Lewis passing away, but Mick Mars of one of my favorite bands of all time, Motley Crue, is going to retire from touring. So to me, that's a pretty big sting because I'm, a, like I mentioned, I'm a huge Motley Crue fan, mm-hmm. and you know, Mick Mars, the old man of the group, <laughs> you know, kind of a big deal. Yes, it in, is in my world. Who are they going to replace him with? Well, that's the thing. I, he, to me, you can't replace him. I was going to say who, how? Yeah, glad I got to see him though. The one time, I saw I've I've seen Motley Crue twice, twice. Damn it! Rough day, rough day. Yeah. All right, let's get our spirits back up. It's Meet the Wildcats time with defensive tackle Eli Huggins. Wrong button. It's Meet the Wildcats with Eli Huggins. Who was your favorite athlete growing up? My personal favorite athlete was Peyton Manning. Grew up a Tennessee fan, so it was kind of forced into me by my by my dad growing up. So I, I was always a huge Peyton Manning fan growing up. Didn't really have an NFL team I, I really cheered for unless it was Peyton Manning's team. Well, what did you think about that field goal going over the crossbar to beat Alabama? Yeah, I was pretty excited. I, I'm still a, a secret Tennessee fan here, so uh, I still keep up with them, keep track of what they're doing. So I was happy to see that. Do you have a dating red flag? Dating red flag. Let's say someone who takes themselves too seriously. Favorite sports movie can be any sport. doesn't have to be football. For me, I think it's got to be Rudy. Uh, I'm a big uh, Rudy fan. That was an incredible movie. Got to meet him a few years ago. So, yeah, that's probably my favorite sports movie. A defensive lineman, you know. <laughs> that's right. Dream Vacation, where do you want to go? Uh, I've probably got two answers for this. Dream Vacation... One probably wouldn't be as interesting to others, but it'd be like a something up in like Alaska, probably doing some hunting, some fishing, hiking, camping, stuff like that. And then I love the beach as well. So I don't know, somewhere in the Caribbean on the beach for a week or two. If you were to impress somebody with a dish in the kitchen, what's your go-to dish? 
I'm pretty solid on the grill, so if I was going to do anything, I'd probably cook some steaks, maybe make a few sides. That's probably my favorite meal. I'm kind of a simple guy, like a, a meat and potatoes kind of guy, so that'd probably be my, my best dish. Are you a gamer, and do you have a video game you're best at? I am a little bit of a gamer. I kind of go through phases, so I haven't played video games in a few months, but I've been playing Call of Duty pretty much my whole childhood, so that's probably my best game. All right, I'm in between TV shows. I just finished Better Call Saul, so I need a recommendation. What do you got for me? Okay. I'm a big Peaky Blinders fan. I think it's an incredible show, so if you need to binge something, Peaky Blinders, no doubt. All right, and finally, Eli, who is going to win the Super Bowl this year? Uh, I've, I've kind of adopted the Chiefs since I've been out here. It's kind of convenient since they've been uh, doing pretty well, but uh, growing up, I didn't really have an NFL team, and everyone around me loves the Chiefs, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs. All right, Eli, best of luck against TCU tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you. And that's, uh, of course, not playing TCU tonight, but that's Eli Huggins. Aired on PowerCat Game Day, and he scared me on Tuesday. I thought we're going to have to add him to the list of injured guys (laughs) because it looked like he was playing a lot less than he usually does. Saw a lot more Robert Hintz, although Hintz is doing a fine job as well playing this year. But uh, he showed up to postgame to talk to the media with one of his knees heavily wrapped with ice. And when I saw that wrap... And he showed up to the presser. I was like, all right, this, he's good to go. We're going to have him on Saturday against Oklahoma State. I would have been con- pretty concerned if we did not have him. All right, hour to the game. Another busy one. Number one song of the day. And ask us anything. Of course, we'll wrap up the show. But when we come back, we preview the Oklahoma State Cowboys with one of our good friends. He was a former Powercat Game Day reporter, but he's always been a sideline reporter for the Oklahoma State Cowboys, Robert Allen. Well, join us next to talk about what we should expect as K-State fans Saturday at the Bill in the 6-1 and and ninth-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. Stick around. Hour to the game is coming up. Your local news is up next.